Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by Jimmy G's Amazing Looks. Are you not as handsome as Jimmy G? Well, the good news is, none of us are. But that's why we have Jimmy Garoppolo around, to remind us how great of a quarterback he is, and also to remind us how good-looking we are not. Raymond, before we get started on this super-pumped Goldcast episode, why don't you let them know where they can find us? You can start by liking us at facebook.com slash the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Goldcast underscore as well as Instagram at the Goldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and leave comments because we love hearing from you and we do try to make an effort to reply to as many or all of the comments as possible especially on the youtube side because youtube is obviously operates on a different vein other than uh itunes and stitcher so we're able to it's a bit more intimate in terms of how we get to interact with the audience so participate if you're into that and you know you'll always hear from us and so subscribe 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 yeah youtube is blowing up the Goldcast nation on youtube is live and direct speaking of live don't forget This January, we will be live. We will be doing video podcasts on YouTube starting in January. So be on the lookout for that. You will still get the exact same podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher. But YouTube, we will be releasing the video version of the podcast. It's going to be the same podcast. You're just going to see our faces. And like I said before, Goldcast Nation, y'all better come correct with that vintage sports gear because I'm going to drop some vintage sports gear. It's going to make your head spin. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready for my vintage sports gear. You haven't even seen my starter and chalk line jackets. You guys aren't ready. That's all I'm saying. Uh, lots to get into, Ray, today. Holy crap. The test of tests. 49ers going against the number one ranked defense in the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest test, the 49ers' biggest test with this new kind of reinvented, rebooted regime midseason. We're going to get into it. And plus, of course, tomorrow on Christmas Day, Merry Christmas, everybody. On Christmas Day, we have a preview of Warriors at Cavs. But first, the intro, Goldcast. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! What a week. The biggest challenge yet. Jacksonville Jaguars. Number one defense in the NFL coming into San Francisco to take on our little 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy can't lose. Gucci Garoppolo. Jimmy GQ. Jimmy G. Whatever you want to call him. But first, if you're listening to the Goldcast right now, you're like us. You're a San Francisco homer. We've been to seven championships in the last seven years. All three major sports, football, baseball, 
basketball. We have the original dynasty, the 49er dynasty from the 80s to the 90s. Then we have the Giants dynasty of earlier this decade. And the Warriors maybe on the cusp of a new dynasty. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Steve Young, Madison Bumgarner, Buster Posey, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Welcome to the Gold Cast. Boom, Raymond. Oh my God. What a game. What an emotional roller coaster. What a. It was a fantastic game from start to finish. The Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars, in, at no point did they ever give up. They kept coming and coming and coming. This really. This was really a very topsy turvy game. Every time I thought the 49ers were going to run away with it. The Jaguars found a way to climb back in and really make things interesting. It started in the first quarter. Jimmy was making it look easy in the first quarter. The defense was on top of them, and Jimmy G was just making it happen. Jimmy takes the 49ers all the way down, in for the quarterback sneak, 7-zip. We go up 10-zip. In the second quarter, they come all the way back. They tie the game. The game is tied going into the third quarter. Third quarter, they start off pretty hot, and it's looking, and they take the lead, and I'm starting to think, oh man, man, something needs to happen here. Like we need to, we need to get this back, especially because the big drive that got them their first touchdown that really kind of led to the momentum starting for them. It really was due to 49er penalties. You know, the 49ers played really sloppy ball on defense, and we basically kind of penalized our way all the way down into their territory and and enabled them, Blake Bortles, to get a touchdown. So we need something big in the third quarter, and Dante Johnson comes up with that huge, beautiful, one-handed interception. I mean, he looked like Odell Beckham. That was crazy. Uh, such a gorgeous, gorgeous interception. That was that was Kawan Williams. Dante Johnson had the pick six, and then ironically oh, gave up back to back penalties that gave the basically gave them seven points right back in the following series. You're in, right. Uh, the Jaguars you're, possession. And then Kawan right. Williams had the one handed tip pass, and then Akella Witherspoon had the turnaround uh, pass that was underthrown uh, later in the game as well. You're right. You're right. My mistake. Apologies to the Gold Cast Nation. And that turned everything. Honestly, the the whole game swung, the momentum swung completely back in our favor. And I'm telling you what, in that fourth quarter, they are so lucky they called that an incomplete pass and not a fumble recovery for a touchdown because that looked like a fumble recovery to a touchdown, in my opinion. What did you think about that play? Um, I thought that was like, to me, it was like, almost like kind of football, football karma coming back because... We had the fumble that was clearly a fumble by Matt Breida, but because the refs had already whistled his forward progress, you can't challenge the play by rule. Um, Even though on the replay, Breida clearly fumbled the ball and the Jags had it. They would have had a turnover right there. So that's, that's the only thing that I thought about it. But yes, I thought it was a fumble. He caught the ball, he took two steps, and then the ball came out out of his own, you know, fumbling. So it was uh, clearly our our turnover and running for a touchdown. But we ended up getting that those points anyways by Matt Breida in our final drive uh, before the end of the game to, to really seal off the dagger that I thought was happening at that moment. But I guess it ended up happening later, giving the Jags another another score. But either way, we still we still beat a team that I thought 
I did. I thought that we weren't going to win. This is we we. I said it last week. This is the one. This is the one prediction that I will happily, you know, would love to be wrong about. And turns out that I was dead wrong. So uh, the only thing that I predicted was that you know Jimmy G would get a couple touchdowns, which he did. He actually got three total, but two uh, in the air. And I thought the keys to the game were very simple. And when you break down the keys to the game on what I thought, um, coincidentally, the Niners executed on every single phase of what I thought would be the perfect game plan to beat Jacksonville because their one weakness was running rushing defense. So meaning that if we could establish the run by Hyde and Brita, which they did, we had over 128 yards on the ground just between those two, over 130 plus when you take into Jimmy G's, some of Jimmy G's runs. But between our two running backs, we had over 128 yards. Which means that we had, I mean, they were grindy yards. Hyde only had 54 yards. Breida actually had a little bit more progress because he had the big 30-yard run at the end. And he had a couple of big yard, big runs in the middle in between as well. Hyde had that one six-yard touchdown run. That was very good too. But the reason that was so important was because that was a weak point in their defense. Meaning that if we could have a balanced offense, we would have an easier time dealing with their pass defense because if they had to account for the run, then they we could mix things up between play-action pass, boot passes, waggle passes, all that kind of stuff, which is what we saw today. We saw a lot of rollouts. We saw play-actions. We saw Jimmy G. was We were super efficient on third down, I think a 10 for 15 today. So amazing third down conversion. So we just we kept on the we just kept driving the football and kept getting scores. And that was the other thing too, because Blake Bortles cannot play from behind. He's not a comeback quarterback. He's quite the opposite. Where he if you get ahead fast, then the defense can shut them down late in games, and then that's how they win. But they they don't win they don't win by coming back the way like Jimmy G actually has that ability to come back. So I thought if we scored early, it would be a lot harder for them to come back. And then the other part of it, so on the on the defensive side of the ball, the offense did exactly what I was hoping they would do, and they did it beautifully. It was actually perfect. It was almost almost balanced between our pass plays and our rushing plays. But then on the, def- the defensive side, the one thing that we had to do was exactly what other teams had been doing to us prior to this game, which is shut down our run, force Jimmy G to beat us with his arm, which turns out he's really good at doing. Even if we do become one-dimensional, Kyle Shanahan – has a, a very capable quarterback to handle that load to carry the team, whereas in this case we needed to be more balanced because we were playing a much more formidable formidable op defense. But to get back to my point, on our defensive side of the game plan, we had to make the Jaguars a one-sided team. We had to make them one-dimensional. And what I mean by that is we had to shut down Leonard Fournette, which we did. He only had 48 yards today on the ground. That's huge. He's this is a guy who's been he's you know one of the rookie of the year candidates. He has nine touchdowns on the year, rushing touchdowns. He's been a force. He's been a huge part. He's he is the better half of their offensive game. And if you shut him down, then you're basically saying beat us with your arm, Blake Bortles, because he is not the type of quarterback that can do that. He's played well this month and he's played good this year but he still does not have the prowess the pocket prowess of Jimmy Garoppolo or other elite quarterbacks for that matter which means that if you're going to take a bet like that it's a pretty good bet and you you're taking that bet while being ahead in the score the Jaguars are only ahead at one point when they went up with the field goal 19 to 16 after that they never regained the lead again 
but we executed everything perfectly. We made them one dimensional. We made Blake Bortles play from behind, which he can't do. We also made him try to beat us with his arm, which he can't do. And then on the offensive side, we had a balanced running attack and we had extremely efficient third down conversion rate, which allowed us, which the running allowed us to do play action pass and all kinds of we could scheme up the play calling to really keep Jag, the Jags off balance, which you saw today. They were completely off balance. In fact, they were so jarred by the upper punches, upper punch, the uppercut punches early on that they were fighting amongst themselves on the sideline. And they lost their composure throughout that. the entire game with that. all the penalties. They were completely out of sorts. I think they underestimated us. They underestimated the X factor of our game plan. And as a result, they they got they got blown out. They totally got blown out. I mean, they made an effort, you know, late in the game, but for the most part, we dominated them. We dominated the best defense in the NFL. I really feel like this was the statement win of the season, and this is the win going forward. That, like when we when we look back at this season and the start of this new regime, this is the game. This was the game. This was the statement game. This kind of put the NFL on notice, and I feel like, and I know Goldcast Nation, you're with us, 49er faithful, damn, they lucky we ain't going into the postseason. They are so lucky we are not at the beginning of the season or in the post. I'm not saying that we'd go to the Super Bowl or anything like that. We're not constructed for that. The NFC is way too Even though Carlos Hyde said we're, we're going go, to go there next year. Yes, we'll talk about that soon. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But a, the they're just 49er faithful, Goldcast Nation, back me up on this. Them suckers is lucky that we ain't at the beginning of the season right now because we are putting the hurt on them boys. And this, like I said already, was the statement game of the season. It was the one, man. This was the one. This is the one that kind of, it, it, this was, are we for real? Like, are we, is this like the real deal? And it is the real deal. You know, we're the real deal right now. Like, we're for real. We're frisky. We are definitely uh, causing trouble. And Jimmy Garoppolo has completely turned this team around. And you're seeing a level of motivation that has not existed at any other point in the season. Really hasn't been here since the uh, the Harbaugh eras. What do you think? I think you have some use there. But I also think that we need to solidify more pieces. For example, Dante Johnson gets a pick six. He hasn't done that in three years. Meaning that's not something that he does on a regular basis. If you get pick sixes every other week or once or twice a year, that's something to recognize. But Dante's been here for a long time. I know he has the size and speed that Robert Sala likes, even though he's a Balky pick. But when he gets a pick six and then has back-to-back penalties to give a touchdown right back to the team after that, you basically negate that effort. However, on the opposite side, you have Akella Witherspoon and Kawan Williams, who between the two of them not only had an interception each, but also had two pass deflections. So if you do the math, between the two of them, they disrupted six pass plays, including two turnovers. That's huge. That's huge production from young guys that have shown flashes and have shown progress over the uh, throughout this season. So I think those guys are really good. I don't know about Jimmy Ward, what you do with him when you get back. Because I think Eric Reed is a good veteran you want to keep on the team. And then, you know, you want to put Koski Tart back there. Although Adrian Colbert, I would have those two guys battle it out, you know. And then also, you know, battle it out with Eric Reed too. Make him make him earn his his veteran spot. You know, I wouldn't just give it back to him, obviously. But on the, on the defensive side, we need, we need edge rusher. We only sacked Blake Bortles once. 
he seemed to have he threw for over 300 yards so meaning that he kind of there was lots of times when he had full control within the pocket meaning he had all the time in the world and that's because there's really a lack of pass rush you know DeForest Buckner is the only guy that can really get it done on this line right now because we don't have a we don't have a really strong presence on the edge and Solomon Thomas is getting there. He's not quite there. I expect him to catch up next season more so than he has progressed later in this later half of the season, but I really expect him to step up next year the same way DeForest Buckner did uh, this year versus last year, although he did play well in his rookie season too. So there's still some missing pieces. On offense, I feel like the interior line line needs to get better, and I think that'll op- that'll make the, rush- the running game a lot better. But here's the thing. Even with without all those pieces that I just mentioned, we still are a team that can beat any other team any given Sunday. We just beat back-to-back playoff teams with records well over 500. And, and the week before, meaning we, we beat, beat teams that were statistically better than us but also had poor records, and we are clearly better than those teams as well. Meaning we are capable of beating the bad teams and we're capable of beating the good teams. I don't know about the best of the best. Jacksonville is considered one of the best of the best statistically. Also with their record, they lead their division. They won their division. They're going to be in the playoffs. So, And we still beat them. In fact, no other team that they have played this year has put up 40 points against them. So you have one of the, you know, we're, we're quickly becoming one of the, I think almost depending on how next week goes with the Rams, which we'll obviously get to, we could very, mal, very much finish the season as one of the top 10 passing offenses in the NFL. Defensively, we're still like within the 20s, you know, we're, we're still, we give up a lot of yardage, you know, and that's kind of where some of that comes from, even though we had a lot of turnovers today and key, you know, key tackles at key, key moments to really keep them from, you know, getting ahead of us and, and winning the game. So, you know, despite what the statistics show, I think the defense plays a lot better than, than how we're ranked. But it's, it's still a lot of hit and miss, particularly in the secondary. Dante Johnson is kind of the last weak link left in that group. You know that I think needs to change. You know we even put Powell in there, some guy I never even heard of. That that when he got benched, Powell came in there and then he got picked on all over. He wasn't giving up penalties, but he was giving up lots of big chunk plays to their rookie Cole, who had a really good game for the Jags. But uh, that the cornerback still needs to get solidified there. But overall, it's a great effort. It's a great game. They did exactly what I hoped that they would do. Um, so I think a huge credit goes to Kyle Shanahan's game plan, Robert Sala's game plan. They really executed it perfectly. And, you know, Kyle Juszczyk had a great game. He had those two big catches. George Kittle was great today. Goodwin was, again, solid. Didn't have over 100 yards, but he was still a, you know, a really good contributor to the offense. Once again, receiving, we have Juszczyk, Kittle, Goodwin, Hyde, Taylor, Murphy, Bourne, Robinson, Brita, all with at least one or more catches today. Look at how that distribution goes. That's that's how the Kyle Shanahan system is supposed to work, where you have to account for everybody. You're not just looking for one guy that's going to be amazing. So that keeps your defense off balance. They have to think about use check. They have to think about the tight ends. They have to think about our wideouts, our slot receiver, you know, our fullback. So it was just amazing to see it all come together in such a balanced fashion to really keep a really good defense off. Uh, I mean, you know, Kyle Shanahan is on Harbaugh level in terms of how he schemes against teams. That was one of Harbaugh's strength. He was really good at game planning against other teams. His weakness was really to kind of 
have a more explosive offense. That was where we were kind of like the Jags, where we were run first, pass second. Whereas with Kyle Shanahan, he's so good that he's he can do either. He's he's really good in the pass, and he's really good in the run. So he's a step above Harbaugh in that regard. Um, but in terms of of their knowledge of the game, I think they're both like you know. T- the as good as it gets. So pretty fortunate that we've were able to kind of bounce back from two really bad coaches to to find Kyle Shanahan. Definitely, no question. I love how how faithful Carlos Hyde got in that interview. Let's go back to that as you mentioned earlier. He got so faithful. I don't know a lot of 49ers faithful are getting so faithful during these games. I'm like, oh, I'm so faithful. I'm so faithful. I believe. Uh, we get a yeah, lot of I, that, but I appreciate his enthusiasm, but I, I don't like to, to what's it called? What's, what's the, what's the, the figure of speech called when you, when you, when you preach something too premature, when you preach something prematurely, like, um, when you, uh, when you say, like, Oh, you Oh, make... jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. You know, like, ah. like, yeah, I like a little too soon. And Jimmy Garoppolo kind of jokingly, you know, said, Oh, I'm going to have to talk to him about it. You know, in his interview, um, you know, it was all lightheartedness, you know, who knows? He might even go up to him and say like, Hey man, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Don't worry about, you know, I know you're excited and you think we're capable of winning the Super Bowl. I think that's awesome. Let's, uh, and, and I'm with you because obviously that's the ultimate goal, but let's, in order to get there, let's focus one game at a time kind of thing is what I would expect him to say, if anything. I mean, he seems to have those leadership qualities. I mean, throughout the whole week, did you see all of the, all this footage got released of Jimmy Garoppolo being mic'd up against the Titans? And it was amazing. I mean, inside the NFL had footage, NFL.com had footage, and so I watched all of it. And the things that he was saying on the sideline, I was like, you're talking to these guys as if, you're talking to these guys like you're the the wide receiver coach or you're the offensive line coach or you're the tight end coach, you know, like literally talking about route running uh, to do this. If, if, if the cornerback does this then do that, if he turns this way, move your hips that way, don't turn your head too soon. Who he told to Trent Taylor in one conversation, Hey, great catch. But next time don't turn your head so soon, wait a little bit. Cause it's all about, you know, you have to sell the play, you know, just like when Jimmy sell, when he, when he looks off, a safety or a linebacker in order to buy time for him to actually go to his read that's on the other side of the field. All done on purpose, like textbook to because that's how you have to play the quarterback. It, the quarterback is like a is like rapid chess. It's like playing rapid chess. And Jimmy G appears to know how to do it, you know, just as well as as the good quarterbacks. And statistically within this four game span, looks like a top ten top is playing like a top ten quarterback if not top five in some instances. He sure is, man. It is amazing. And yeah, it's hard not to get a little faithful when everything is going so, so well. Ray, let's look ahead to next week. Now, Goldcast Nation, I will be in the stadium. I will be there live representing the Goldcast 49er faithful. I'm going to be there front and direct with one of our uh, co-host that comes on from time to time, our Los Angeles Rams diehard friend of the podcast, even though we don't care for his team, Louis B. Louis B. and I will be going, we'll be in the building head-to-head against the Rams. Man, this is the one team, once we, we started picking up team, steam, this was the team that I have been looking forward to for the last three weeks. I 
want to go in there and beat them so bad. You have no idea. I want this game more than anything. This is the final game of the year. This is everything for us. It doesn't necessarily mean everything for the Rams, but I know the Rams also don't want to, you know, they're they're fighting for playoff contention in terms of positioning throughout the playoffs. So it's an important game for them too. I don't I don't exactly think that if they I'd have to look. I didn't look at the end of the night, but if they lose next week, I'm not sure if that affects their playoff position. Do you know for a fact, yes or no? Or have you not I heard don't, anything? I don't know for a fact, but I think it's something along the lines of they don't necessarily control their destiny within a win or loss, meaning like if they won, some other teams would have to lose. You know, obviously the Eagles is a number one seed, but other teams would have to do things too in order to help their position. It's not like they control it all. Um, not like they're not in the position of the Eagles, but you know, they're right up there in terms of rankings. The, they've had a great season. You have to excuse me. I have had allergies today for some reason. I feel like I feel like Bonte Hill, 95-7 the game, who, who for some reason has a stuffy nose every single day that he's on there with Greg Papa, which is the worst, <laughs> the worst perpetual condition that you can have as a radio voice. But uh, today is one of those rare days where I'm dealing with some some allergies. I'm not sick. It's just allergies. But anyways, I'm just glad I'm not Bonte Hill because I don't know what's wrong with his nose. But anyways, yeah. Um, the, the, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they could, they have full control of their destiny with our game next week. It it's, there's also other components, other games that, that can affect them. All right. Well, there it is, Raymond. So here's the question, Vegas odds. Who's the favorite by how many points? Give me an exact number. What Gosh. Do you think it is? I'm going to say maybe... Maybe the Niners by three points. Ooh, maybe just a little too much faith on that on that pan there. It's Rams minus five. Okay. They now do have an amazing question, offense, so I figured that would be a factor. But hey, I thought maybe Vegas would be riding the momentum of the fact that we just beat the top defense in the NFL. I think given the Rams' entire season of success versus our you know most recent um, – you know, modicum of success. I think that probably had a lot to do with it. So Raymond, the question is, as is every week, do you take that bet? Okay. Last week, I or this week, or this past week, I bet against uh, the Niners because I thought that the Jags would be too big of a test for us to overcome, considering how many components that we're missing to really take us to the next level of competition within the tournament. However, this is a divisional opponent that we usually play really well, and this is a team that we almost beat if it wasn't for a, a couple of early mistakes by Brian Hoyer of all players. And now that I think that we have the X factor in Jimmy Garoppolo combined with the mental prowess of Kyle Shanahan's schematic abilities, as well as Robert Sala's you know, ability to work the defense, d- despite the fact that he's got a lot less to work with than you know uh, Wade Phillips does over in L.A., I think that the Niners now have the ability to over to beat a team that is probably not as prepared as they think. Just as you know, I don't think they're going to underestimate us because they're division opponents, which means I think they're going to play us pretty tightly. They're going to do, I think, what what the last few what the what the last three teams did before the Jags, which is take away our run and force us to pass. But again, this is a team that is excels against the run, but is you know 
they're they're I'm I'm sorry, this is a team that is actually similar to the Jags, where they're amazing against the pass, but not so good against the run. So again, we're gonna have to do exactly what we did this week, which is we're gonna have to establish a balanced rushing attack to really set up a balanced offense to beat the Rams defense because that's their weakest link. They're they're a top six passing defense and they're ranked twenty-fourth against the rush uh, on the defense side of the football. So even worse, even worse than the than the team that we just fought. Offensively, it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard because they're extremely balanced. This is the exact opposite of what we just faced, meaning they have a great passing attack, which is top ten in the league, and they have a great rushing attack, which is also top ten in the league. So we're gonna have to really be on our Heads and toes. I think we're going to have to pressure Goff, and we're going to have to do our best to take Todd Gurley out of the game. Because if we can at least get Goff to get one-dimensional, then we've got a good shot. Because I think Goff is playing better than Bortles, but at the same time, he's still young, which means he's susceptible to make mistakes just like Bortles is because he's not as polished as Garoppolo. Garoppolo doesn't make many mistakes. The one mistake he had was he got pressured. He was trying to get the ball off in time, and he got pressured and hit, and then the ball wobbled. In, you know, into the hands of the of the defender of Jacksonville, and that was like the only big mistake he had that game. Other than that, he was threading needles against the number, the best, the two best corner combination in the NFL. So if he can do that against them, then I think that he'll have you know more success against th- this pass defense because they're not as good and they're even worse against the run, which gives us a fighting chance. So I think we're going to win this one because we we lost by like two points against this team earlier in the year, and that was the same caliber of offense that they're playing then that they're playing now there's no real big difference that i see other than you know they're just probably more confident and sure of themselves at this point in the season but i think that we have uh, an element that they cannot game plan for as well because there's so there's so little little footage you know that within the nfl of jimmy garoppolo where you just have like four games to to beat him as like hey what are we going to do so i think we i think we win this one i don't know if we blow them out the way we did at the jags because this is a better team offensively so i think this one comes down to probably like seven points or less but the niners pull out six win and they fulfill my prediction of a six and ten record yes they do they have surpassed my prediction of four and twelve and i'm happy to give that one up you did predict you said at best at the beginning of the season you said at best eight and eight but you thought most likely six and ten. And so hopefully, Raymond, you can be right and we can fulfill it. So Raymond says, do not take that bet. Go, Niners, go. Now, Raymond, tomorrow's Christmas Day. Today was for bas- uh, for football. Tomorrow is for hoops. We have the team I can't stand the most, the Seattle Seahawks of our NBA lives, the the bane of our existence, the, the L.A. Dodgers of the San Francisco Bay Area, the Cleveland Cavaliers, are coming into Oracle. They've got a deeper bench. Dwayne Wade is now coming off the bench and has really kind of, you know, propelled that team. Uh, they're, in terms of scoring off the bench, that was something that they really was a glaring hole in their game last year. Is, are they just doing that lately? Because at first he was starting beginning of the season he was yeah starting. he was starting but they yeah they 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 stopped that a while back it's been a while i know we 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 haven't been watching super closely we're we're this is probably tomorrow's really the well, start for watch, us well first of all i don't watch the Cavs. <laughs> yeah exactly I got, for I got sure better things so to do than follow Cleveland. what do you think what do you think you excited i'm pumped i'm pumped for this game um, I am, but it doesn't really make a difference because we're we don't have all our components. We don't have Curry, so we're not at full strength. 
Um, they have more to prove than we do. And to be honest, this this game, I don't think, means a whole lot to the – I don't think – if we lose, it's not going to affect the Warriors' juju whatsoever, whereas Cleveland can – like they can use the boost even though it's not going to do them any good long term. But at the same time, that's not to say that the Warriors aren't going to fight. They are going to fight. At least we get the day off today because they – I knew the back-to-back to games yesterday was going to eventually cap up to them because the Warriors don't don't usually play well on back-to-back games like that. So the end of the 11, the, the winning streak at 11, which is fine. I'd love to see them bounce back and win on Christmas Day. I'm just not sure if it's going to happen because we're missing some of our components. But it's still a good test to see how well we can stack up against them when we're not at our full strength. Because if we do, then, geez, then, then you know, then, then Cleveland's got a lot more problems to think about, you know, other than us. Because if, if they can't beat us at full strength – then how the hell are they going to do against their own, you know, I, I, well, I shouldn't say their own conference, but I would say more or less the Celtics going down the road, you know, because they don't even have, they're playing really well right now and they don't have Isaiah Thomas. I'm not sure how he's going to fit into it. I think they'll go into a little lull as they try to, as they acclimate him into the system. But I think ultimately they'll be fine with him. But at the same time, he's going to really allow defenses to, or he's going to allow other teams to He's going to give other teams more scoring opportunities because of the lack of defense that he brings to a starting lineup. Well, again, kind of like we've been talking about all year long going into the season, all the way back to the summer, right after the finals. I've been saying the same thing over and over again. Offense was not the issue in Cleveland. It was defense. And I still don't feel that they have really addressed that. And I, I'm all for putting Isaiah Thomas. Put Isaiah Thomas in that starting lineup. Just see what that does to them defensively. Again, yeah. offense isn't their issue. I Man, if I'm the Warriors, no, in fact, the, I am. The Rockets, the Rockets are the only team that are actually trying to give themselves more balance because they've actually been playing defense this year. And they're ranked high uh, this, this year so far as far as defense goes. They're not as good as the Warriors in terms of blocks. Nobody, The Warriors lead the league in blocks, and that's like a huge thing in terms of defense because all you need is a couple timely blocks in a close game to really make the difference. But uh, the Rockets are playing pretty good defense. They've figured out that, hey, like offense isn't our issue. It's defense. But here's the funny thing. The Rockets and the Warriors are kind of trading first place in the West uh, in terms of rankings. But here's the thing. The Rockets are doing this at full strength. And the Warriors are doing this with like ha- up, up until yet, you know a couple of games ago, we didn't have Draymond Green or Curry or Andre Iguodala or Sean Livingston. We were like missing like four or five guys. And we were still, you know, st- heading head to t- head, you know, on a nine game, 10 game, 11 game win streak, you know, winning, winning, you know, games, you know, by not by huge margins like in the past. I think teams have like we've I think the defense gets a little bit sloppy towards the end, just kind of allows teams to kind of crawl back into it. But they still find ways to win at the very end because they're this is a team that's really good at finishing. But my point is. We were standing toe to toe with the Rockets in in first and second place without like half of our guys, and we we have I think fourteen players that average uh, ten minutes or more a game. So you talk about the genius of Kerr and his ability to use every single player on our roster to get the most out of these guys. Our bench is the deepest bench in the NBA. So even though that the Cleveland Cavaliers got deeper in their bench, the, our bench is so good that we can keep pace with the best team in the West statistically you know, without having all of our all-stars on the roster or uh, active for the game. I mean, that's just how good the Warriors are. 
Boom. Raymond, the best fanless in the game, dropping it. Ray, before we can before we leave, why don't you let them know where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. You can also follow me on Instagram at Ray Solis One. Follow me. Drop a line. And if you're from the Goldcast community, let me know because I get people that follow me and contact me all the time, but I never know where if they're doing it because of my business, my my personal business, or if they're following me from the show. So let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. Also, Ray, don't forgive. We got don't forget. We got to give a shout out today. We do have to give a shout out today. So we're going to give some love to my man, C. McCarver Jr. over there on YouTube, also an avid 49er fan. In fact, he goes to the games, so he's in the Bay Area like the rest of us. I'm not sure if he's from the city or not. Um, Either way, he is a diehard Niner fan just like uh, us and a lot of our fans out there. And so he showed us love on our last video that we put out uh, that centered around Jimmy Garoppolo. So he said he would give us a shout. So... We thought we would also do the same thing back. Um, you know, one good turn deserves another, especially to fellow YouTubers that are, you know, support the same teams that we support. You know, we're all we're all in this together. That's right. So definitely go check out his page. You can find me at Rudy Solis three on Instagram and at Rudy Solis three RD on Twitter. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, this is the Goldcast.